Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Wednesday, February 9th. Every episode on Now Charleston, I'll look at a few stories and tell you why they're important. Today on the show, four stories driving the news in Charleston and statewide. First up, Charleston's got a new podcast, Now Charleston. I'll tell you a little bit about myself and why this show exists. Second, Congresswoman Nancy Mace has a major new Republican challenger. Former First District candidate Katie Arrington is back, and she's already got her eyes on Mace. Here's a quick taste. Is Nancy Mace high? Third, one item before Charleston City Council tonight. The proposed Human Affairs and Racial Conciliation Commission is up for final reading. And two items before the Charleston Board of Architectural Review, including the proposed memorial at Emanuel AME Church. And finally... Hundreds of people have been displaced or affected after a fire Monday that destroyed dozens of apartments at a West Ashley complex. It's Wednesday, and you're listening to the first ever Now Charleston. Those stories plus one love-to-see-it item for your midweek, all starting right now. First story of the day. There is a new podcast in town, y'all. I am super excited to be launching Now Charleston. It's something I've thought about over the past few years a lot. Uh, But, but, okay, you're asking yourself, how do we get here, and who is this guy? Um, My name is Sam Spence, and until early February, I was the editor of the Charleston City Paper. I was editor for almost four years. Uh, Before that, I was the paper's web editor for about five years, you know, managing the website and social media and doing a little news writing. I really loved my time at the City Paper, and you guys should all go check out uh, the newest issue on Racks today. Charleston is super lucky to still have an alternative weekly newspaper. Before that, right out of school, I worked in politics and advocacy for a couple years. Um, Personally, I would say I'm I'm liberal, probably not a surprise coming from the City Paper alt-weekly world. Uh, I went to College of Charleston for historic preservation and planning, as well as political science. Uh, initially with an eye on graduate school. I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. I live in Park Circle um, with my wife, Melissa, and my dog, Millie. Um, so if you're ever around and see us around there, say hello. And here, Okay, so here's a little bit about what I want to do with this show. I'm launching Now Charleston three days a week and seeing how the workflow goes. This is literally a one-man show, so hopefully that's not too obvious. Um, Every episode, I'll highlight a few local news stories that you should know and give you some context for each. The shows will be short, about 10 or 15 minutes each. I'm hoping to tell you why each of these stories are important and what's the takeaway for you as a Charlestonian. I'm hoping the show can become your morning go-to stop to catch up on local news. I know there's at least some appetite for it. I'd listen to it if I wasn't making it. And at some point, I would love to work in a few recurring segments and maybe do some interviews or have guest hosts. Uh, We'll see. This is all kind of an experiment, and I'm excited to kind of adapt and change the format based on your feedback. So right off the bat, I want to hear what you have to say. Um, I want to hear what you don't want to hear. I want to hear what you want to hear on Now Charleston or just your hate mail. Uh, I'm used to getting that. So send me an email. Uh, the email address for the show is nowcharlestonshow at gmail.com. I'll be checking that email every once in a while. So send me a note and uh, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Now for the first news story of the day. Uh, Katie Arrington is out to boot another Republican from Congress, it looks like. The conservative former state representative who defeated Mark Sanford in the 2018 
GOP primary with some help from Donald Trump is running for the same seat again, but this time she's primarying U.S. Rep. Uh, Nancy Mace. Arrington announced her campaign on Tuesday with a splashy ad that went straight at Mace. The announcement had everything. Had legal weed, Carol Baskin, Donald Trump, and questions about Nancy Mace being on drugs. Here's a clip. She is more interested in becoming a mainstream media celebrity than fighting for the people she's supposed to represent. Selfies with Carol Baskin, Monkey Island, legalizing marijuana. Why is she prioritizing that over the skyrocketing inflation, high gas prices, and economic security for the low country? Is Nancy Mace high? If you'll remember, it was Arrington who unseated former governor and Congressman Mark Sanford during that 2018 primary, thanks in part to a late endorsement from President Donald Trump. At that point, she was a one-term state representative and went on to lose the election to Joe Cunningham and take a Trump administration Pentagon job working with cybersecurity contractors. Now, after a legal dispute with the Pentagon over suspension of her security clearance that was settled last month, according to Bloomberg, Arrington reportedly quit that job on Monday, calling it a politically influenced action to silence her, Bloomberg reported. Um, Three days later, she announced her bid for Congress. After her announcement Tuesday, Arrington told the state newspaper that she believed Donald Trump won the 2020 election and that Nancy Mace should have voted against certification of the election due to fraud. Now, uh, obligatory fact check here. Trump's own attorney, other Republican officials, and a handful of state election audits have never found any signs of voting irregularities or significant voter fraud or evidence that the election was stolen. Mace responded in a tweet to Arrington's announcement saying, bring it on. So why does this matter for the first district? Arrington is Mace's first big potential challenger. Uh, A major challenger means major money spent in the summertime GOP primary, and that could mean less money left over for a general election. Now, until Arrington announced, Mace had a relatively clear path to that general election uh, matchup in November with Democratic candidate Annie Andrews. Arrington's announcement reroutes that path a little bit. Now, a note here. This is this is a local news podcast. Um, I will point to political stories when they're called for on Now Charleston, but this is not a political podcast. It's a it's a local news podcast. It's just I, I couldn't not pull out that announcement video. Come on. Charleston City Council will likely take a vote tonight on whether to create the Permanent Human Affairs and Racial Conciliation Commission with a handful of amendments proposed by Councilman Peter Shade and Councilwoman Caroline Parker. The commission has already gotten preliminary approvals from council, but tonight's amendments address several of the more controversial points of the proposed commission that has the stated goal of rooting out systemic racism in city government. The substantive amendments proposed by, say, the commission, quote, shall not advance nor facilitate any manner, policies, or recommendations which, unquote, and then paraphrasing here, uh, which embrace critical race theory, two, uh, which support reparations, three, end cash bail, uh, and four, support uh, historical monument removal. These items were all mentioned in the city's preliminary racial conciliation report, along with more than 100 other recommendations. But those items specifically have made several council members wary, even if they support the group generally. Critical race theory in particular has become a flashpoint for conservative cable TV hosts and politicians, 
since mainstream discussion picked up around uh, systemic racism in policing and government. Now, loosely defined, critical race theory is an academic area of study that acknowledges and evaluates the way many institutions function in the American political and economic system and how that's led to unequal racial outcomes. At the meeting tonight, expect city council members to get caught up on how to discuss critical race theory in general. One proposed amendment uh, defines it specifically as a struggle between oppressors and the oppressed. Okay, so why is this important? The city committed to taking steps to eradicate systemic racism from local government in 2018 when it formally apologized for the city's role in slavery. Four years later, with the future of the commission in question now, Uh, City Council and the mayor have not yet been able to follow up on that commitment. Over at the Board of Architectural Review tonight, the Emanuel 9 Memorial Gardens and other features around Emanuel AME Church, as well as a landmark Flatiron-style hotel building, are up for review. The Emanuel 9 Memorial, which includes modern marble clamshell-looking benches along the western side of Mother Emanuel, uh, a tranquil area for contemplation, the plans say, Uh, as well as a survivor's garden, are all up for review uh, by the Board of Architectural Review. The memorials, of course, pay tribute and remember the lives cut short by the racist murder of nine worshipers at Emanuel AME Church in 2015, as well as the the survivors of those attacks. Reverend Clementa Pinckney, a state senator, was among those killed. His daughters and wife huddled in an adjoining room during the killing, which occurred after a Wednesday night Bible study, are counted among the survivors. The Emanuel Memorial will be the first physical memorial dedicated to the Emanuel killings. One component of the memorial also pays tribute to Septima Clark, the trailblazing Charleston activist whose organizing and spirit impacted the national civil rights movement. A distinctive nine-story Flatiron-style building is proposed to be built at the large intersection of Morrison and Meeting Streets uh, on the Upper Peninsula. Uh, it's, it's also up for final review tonight before the Board of Architectural Review. The hotel, proposed by the Montford Group, is said to be the first flatiron style building, or sorry, flatiron style hotel in the southeast. Uh, it'll back up to the old Tattoo Moose uh, building, which opened the new one opened in Park Circle last night. Um, the building, of course, is modeled after Manhattan's landmark 22-story Flatiron Building on Fifth Avenue. So what? If built, the hotel will be uh, the northernmost sign of development that's been marching up the peninsula over the past 15 years, and a huge landmark at this northern gateway to downtown. Currently, there are no hotels at all north of Line Street downtown. Uh, it, you know, it's where thousands of people live. Just a reminder, you can also find links to all the stories and renderings of the things I just discussed from the BAR uh, at nowcharleston.com. That's N-O-W-C-H-S.com. And finally, uh, as many as 180 residents were initially displaced following a large fire at a West Ashley apartment complex Monday morning. Now, the Red Cross friends and others are trying to help residents of the Palms Apartments off of Orange Grove Road get back on their feet. The Red Cross is accepting donations online at redcross.org, and the fire department is also directing people to the local Homeless to Hope Fund. That's homelesstohopefund.org. Mount Pleasant Fire Departments also have set up drop uh, drop sites for uh, donations at Mount Pleasant Fire Departments. Anecdotally, I've seen a lot of GoFundMe pages posted on Facebook 
Um, several on the huge Low Country Eat Out page and the Chucktown F&B Collective page. So check those out if you're looking for ways to reach individual people or families. And that's one reason why this fire is significant. A lot of restaurant and food industry workers live at the Palms. And I don't need to tell you that renting in Charleston is tough or that a lot of hospitality workers are underpaid. But these apartments were affordable by most measures for Charleston. The Palms website advertises two-bedroom apartments for about $1,000 a month, three bedrooms for about $1,200 a month. Those figures might have changed slightly, but that'd be a great deal in Charleston anytime in the past 10 years. Now, I don't know what will replace those affordable apartments in West Ashley, but the rent probably won't be $400 per bedroom. Every week in our, every week, as if this has been going on for weeks, Every week in our Love to See It segment, uh, we'll highlight one item that caught our eye that you need to know about. Starting this week, Charleston County Library is adding Gullah Geechee stories to its on-demand dial-a-story service. Now for that, you just call 843-805-6806 and follow the prompts. Other stories are available in English and Spanish for younger kids, youth, young adults, and adults. So to get to those dial-a-stories, just dial 843-805-6805. The library says news stories will be updated on Mondays. That's all I've got for you today, Charleston. Thanks so much for listening. If you have feedback for the show, let me know. You can call and leave a voice message at 843-474-1319. That's a voicemail box I set up just for this show. 843-474-1319. Or just shoot me a text. Or you can shoot me an email uh, at show at gmail.com. As always, you can check nowcharleston.com for links to today's show and more, uh, N-O-W-C-H-S dot com. Uh, but the first thing to do after this show ends is go to twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston and give a follow. Do it. Just go ahead and do it. I'll be back Friday with the next Now Charleston. Thanks for listening.